When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Redemption Thursday. Doing all right, everybody? Hanging in? Gather around. Let's have a good time. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. On Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. If you're driving about, I appreciate you listening. If you're watching on YouTube TV, War Chant TV, I, I appreciate you watching and listening. Thanks. Thanks. And away we go. More uh, interviews today. Players uh, impressive one after the other. At some point, man, I know Ira made me laugh. He had a tweet in which he said, uh, I hate to sound like a broken record, but uh, another bunch of impressive young men here today. He's not wrong. It really, I don't know. You know, just you win games because a kid is seemingly nice and um, well adjusted and. Uh, you know, checks all the boxes and says all the right things and makes you feel good inside. No, but doesn't suck. It beats the alternative. And I think as you, you know, when you're going through things in the off season, you're awaiting the Super Bowl this weekend. And obviously we've got the start of baseball coming up. It's a big basketball games. If you think that there's some slim chance that Florida State does anything, I, I'm not so sure I'm there with you. But anyhow, there's all these things as we await spring football. And it's just nice when the news is, you know, day in and day out that you got a bunch of impressive young men that, Sound like they're ready to play football and uh, have entered a place here in uh, Tallahassee that they're excited to be at. Yesterday, Tom, was was the old uh, National Signing Day, and, uh, you know, we didn't even mention it. <laughs> we didn't, because it doesn't matter anymore. It, it, does, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, you're just kind of like, well, whatever. But it is a year-round thing now, so you get news all the time, and the news lately has been really cool, just how many kids – have cool stories and are easy to root for and seem to be focused on the right things. Outside of the practice access, which is my favorite thing, obviously, yeah, uh, that Mike yeah. Norvell does as a media policy, the thing that I love the most are these newcomer interviews because they do get a chance, whether they're a transfer or a true freshman, which was never a policy nope. uh, under Timbo. True freshman didn't speak to the media. They get a first chance to introduce themselves to the fan base. Like, yeah, we get questions uh, for them. We prepare questions for them. And, and Ira usually peppers, uh, you know, five for every uh, one of us and staff. He and Aslan do the most question asking. 
but you get to know the kids and you get to know their stories and you get to see if there are through lines, if there are similarities between even a kid that just graduated high school early and somebody who's 22 years old. And there really are. There is a pattern here of what Florida State is looking for. And Mike Norvell is completely honest with the players when he says, if you don't want to work, then don't come here. It reminds me of when I first took the job at Warchant from the old radio days and we were driving up to ACC kickoff and I asked one of our colleagues at the time, I said, what's he telling these recruits? Like in terms of expectations, is he saying that we can win the ACC? Like, no, what he was telling him two years ago in 2021, now three, is we're trying to get to 500 and just watch us work. And that really struck me because he's trying to make up for lost time. And yet Mike Norvell did not feel the pressure to sell a bag of goods and hope he got lucky and ran into eight and four a couple of years ago. That to me was a sign that he was going to be consistent. And I think this is the reward for being consistent is you bring in a standard set of player who has a mindset to go work, can have fun, but is pretty serious and pretty attuned to the now. Yeah, I was uh, of the same mindset. I, I, I look again; it's off-season topic stuff, but I do. I just think it's important when you kind of reveal culture. That's why I laughed when the snub happened, and then uh, players opted out, and you know the game became what it was, which was a, a mockery. Um, you know, people needed a reason or a way to put a label on that and to say something about how that happens, and they kept citing culture. But in fact, I mean. You can cite a lot of things, but I don't, I don't think culture was where you wanted to go. I, I, I think Florida State has one of the best cultures currently of uh, any any program or certainly any of the Florida State teams that I've covered. I, I'll put it that way. And I've got, I go back to covering Bowden's teams and obviously Jimbo Fisher and then, you know, Willie and, and Mike. I, this has been really cool. Um, it's been Fun to watch, and I do think it is born from the work. I, I that is the number one way, I think, to create the consistency. You, you know, it's not it's about what you do, not what you say. So he can say it, but he understood from the beginning it'd be more about what you're doing. You know, what 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 are you doing on a daily basis, and what does that beget? Like, what happens? What's born out of that? And what's been born out of that is that it's drawn people. Uh, to to play here and and obviously the success on the field that was also born out of that has also helped to do that but I think that it, it's a carryover from year to year it's why you also if you've noticed and I'm you know hesitant to say it because as soon as I do it'll happen but you notice that nobody's gotten in trouble here either like we don't we don't worry about it like you don't go to bed thinking like I hope nobody gets in trouble like it's, I, they haven't had any problems. There's just a consistency to the way that the program is run right now. Let's put it that you way. Just, you just had to go there, didn't you? Well, you had I mean, to go there. It had to be on somebody's mind, you know. I mean, it's 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 interesting. Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting time too because as you get to know these players, you start thinking about what spring's going to be in the interim. Obviously, this weekend is the memorial for eleven, but. Soon, you know, from there you go and you you watch baseball games. You're excited about that. I enjoyed my interview with Link Jarrett yesterday. For those that missed it yesterday, you can go to Warchant.com, find it. It's posted there. It's on it's on Warchant TV as well. You can find it there. And then we got a new place, right? We got a new place that I could tell people about, and they can subscribe to those interviews as well. It's like baseball and softball and basketball. 
Yeah, we do. We'll, we'll be rolling it out formally in, in about the next week in terms of uh, graphics and promotion. Uh, but it's called Warchant Press Room, where we're going to have even more of the interviews. Like Basically, the way it works is we've got so much content going on on the main channel that we needed a second one so we could siphon things off. And uh, they'll be on Warchant Press Room, which, again, is a YouTube channel that we'll link to you. Actually, if you saw on social media today the link to the Link Jarrett interview, uh, that is on the new channel. So that's going to start populating with a lot more stuff, all the sports. Uh, but yeah, a lot of those uh, press conference settings or post-practice interviews, things of that nature. So uh, yeah, we'll be rolling that out in the next week. I had uh, Lee Sterling uh, join me this morning for an interview that will run tomorrow. It's not an interview at all. It's a, it's a conversation about prop bets. How many bets you got in there, Tommy? Where are you at now after we talk to Lee? Uh, we, we'll have those for everybody tomorrow. They can get their prop bets in and their straight-up bets in. And I've gone through with a fine-tooth comb and found a bunch post that conversation. It's, it's finally hitting me that the Super Bowl is this weekend. Yeah, so you know that I want the pure heroin coin flip bet. I'm going to be doing that. Uh, that's, that's one down. I've got three player props that I like. Uh, the national anthem prop I always play because Lee Sterling has good recommendations historically. If he gets this one wrong, it would be the first time in how long? Well, he's gotten it right. It's his daughter. I don't give him any credit at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lee, Lee doesn't get any credit for this whatsoever. This is his daughter who sings the national anthem professionally. She's been, I mean, that's not all she does, uh, but that she is, she's got the voice. She can do it. She carries it. It's hard to do. And uh, she's played, I mean, she's, I think she's sang at Soldier Field. I know she's done it in big time college venues. She's done it for hockey, the NBA, all over the place. And so uh, he's got right in his own backyard there uh, an expert to break down whomever the singer is in a given year. It's Reba McIntyre this year, right? Is that right? Do I have that right? I guess that's right. Yeah, I think that's um, right. I, I don't ever pay attention usually. I'm usually I'm usually getting my final drink uh, oh, yeah. and then food situation. And then, you know, when when I hear the stirring in the crowd, because it, it's a weird crowd. There's a lot of third-party corporate people sitting in there, not just the fans. So the, there's this weird stirring of the crowd before the opening kickoff. You can feel that. And I'm like, whoa. That's my cue. So let's get in and lock it in. Because what I've seen is, and I don't know if you heard it yesterday on the uh, on the top of the hour feed, mm -hmm. the top of the hour feed, that uh, the touchback prop is minus 300. Uh, but in the last 14 years, there have been 10 returns on the opening kickoff. Not People not are pumped, man. That's Can you imagine putting in a Super Bowl and you're a return specialist? Like, that means typically, now not always, but that you're probably not a starting wide receiver. This is what you do. This is your chance, man. You're trying to make a play in the effing Super Bowl, and it's the opening kickoff, and you're playing in a game you've dreamt of your whole life since you were in the backyard playing football with your friends or imaginary football with yourself, throwing the ball and being a, a quarterback, a receiver, a defender, and the play-by-play -play man uh, all at once. I mean, and here it is. The ball's coming to you, and you're catching it a yard deep. F that, I'm going. I'm going. There's no chance that's a touchback, right? Uh, agreed. Apparently 10 out of 14 times that they would agree with you that we're going, baby. Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, and I'm telling – and by the way, and I'm telling my guys beforehand, unless this thing's seven yards deep, like I damn near have to be falling out the back of the end zone, we are going. Yeah, Leroy Jenkins, if I said that wrong. But that's, you know, the uh, – that's our, our new running back, right? Cam Davis. 
like he laughs at people when he jukes them, which I think is the greatest thing. So next time you, the first time you see him in the spring game, make somebody break their ankles. He's laughing at them. Just know that. I can't wait for them to sound him, put some mics uh, in, in his uh, chest pads uh, for, for either practice or a game. Cause I want to hear that. That's going to be really good audio and video. But I would Leroy Jenkins <laughs> across the 10. Tackle to the 17-yard line. Here we go. Let's get the game started. Yeah, well, I would do the time's up. Let's do this. <laughs> there's no there's no chance yet. Time's up. Let's do this. And there's, we're going. Although I never uh, – in my sports playing days, in any sport, you know, there are there are certain dangers to certain positions in any sport. Uh, some more than others, obviously, uh, and also the rigor of certain positions or, or whatever, or sports even, uh, are a little bit different. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I never wanted to return punts or kicks. There were things I wanted to do. I'd be like, I'd, I'd like to try that. I'd like to do that. Oh, this will be fun. Never wanted to return punts or kicks. I always thought that seemed like a kamikaze mission. I had no, I never, I was on kickoff and I was on kick return. I was on punt return. I, all of those. And I, I just know it is, it's nasty. It's just nasty, but I never want to be the guy. It's just too much pressure. And I, I, you know, we had other people who were better suited uh, and, and quite a bit faster than me. So, yes. I think we've discussed this recently when we uh, relaunched bellying up, which I'm sure we're due to do another one here shortly. Yeah. But the Kermit Whitfield return is is maybe like for me, it is, but I don't know. Is it your favorite Florida state football play singularly in in your time? Is it P-Dub's catch against Virginia tech? Like for me, it's Kermit because we were in the building and you had scaled the mountain all the way back from the deficit 21 to three. And it was a kick return, and that dude was fearless in that regard with the kick returns. Yeah, no, it's it's high on the all-time list, and the weightiness of that play will certainly surpass the example I give for my favorite play. But because of the amount of pain I knew was being suffered by an arch rival on the other side, I must say the P.K. Sam catch in Gainesville uh, with what preceded it, obviously the 4th and 14 which they thought that game was over. So you get the conversion, which you live to fight another day, and you could sense the fear, like, did that really just happen? Did we just give that up? And then that play happens, and the ball's in the air seemingly forever. I think added to the lore of that is certainly Mick Hubert's call of, God! And, you know, the the pain in his in the tone like he he's probably somewhere upset about it right now so it's that stuck with me as one of my favorite plays of all time and after that play is that I was at Eric Llewellyn's house for that game and uh I, I was so adrenaline filled and younger I picked him up and was carrying him around I was so excited <laughs> about that well, play. you'll never forget where you were for plays like that like for example uh Lauk's snare Got it. And uh, Len Elmore. Oh, yeah. oh, I think you you said you were at home and you chucked Christy into the air. I picked Christy that. up and threw her into the air. I was a consultant at that time, if you'll recall. I was consulting uh, and uh, I was uh, unable to comment on that. And yeah, in the moment, because I didn't think we'd ever win there, man. I always felt, you know, you're always getting screwed by calls there. Every That's the only time that I openly engaged with the fan base about the screw job with the officials. But 
Yeah, so the Lauks Pass is just a thing of beauty, and I'm friends with Luke, so it's kind of cool to revisit that. But the snare, catch, and shoot, and it's, as soon as it leaves his hand, you know it's good. It's one of those shots. I was um, I was in my apartment. Uh, in, in those days, I was not yet a consultant, nor was I with uh, the four-letter. I was uh, looking at Dan Patrick, Jim Rome, and other contracts to see what the outs were because <laughs> the station was going no more. It was about to be uh, scrapped. Um, but that moment, uh, I was in the same spot that I was for the USA Landon Donovan goal, like in, in my room. Like There was this one place I went to when I was very nervous, but I'm getting sidetracked. I wanted to ask you, because you were in the building for this one in the swamp, what about War to Dunn? Yeah, War to Dunn. It, okay, so that is my favorite in person. That that also uh, outdoes the the kick return. I was in a Bull Gator section. My stepdad is a UF law grad. I have told people this over the years to understand my family dynamic. We, we all of us went different places. You know, I had the I have the brother that's an air uh, that's an air traffic controller, and he went into the Air Force. I have a brother that went to Ju, and all these different places. So we've got we've got Gators and Knowles and Rattlers and uh, let's see, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, uh, two different colleges. My brother, we got a South Florida Bowl. We've got yeah, they're all in the family. And now with nieces and nephews and all of that, we've got uh, UVA, Georgia, Georgia Tech. When we all get together. It's crazy. Everybody went, you know, somewhere else. But there are a couple of Gators, and one of them is Bob, my stepdad, and he's a, a great man. I'm not going to besmirch Bob, but he did go to Florida, and he is a diehard Gator. So we went to that game together, and he said, you're going to sit with me? And I said, yeah, I'll sit with you guys. He said, all right, because it's a section. If you're a bull Gator, you got money. There's, You know, you're not, you're not sitting amongst the riffraff, Tom. So I figured even though I was head-to-toe garnet and gold in that stadium – I was sitting with with two bull gators in a section of them. And so, you know, I figured I would go unaccosted in that situation. I probably deserved much worse because when he catches it and where I was sitting, I realized peace. That they're not going to call a clip, they're not going to call a block in the back there, and he catches the corner and I began the pelvic thrusting as it was happening, just the pelvic thrusting getting more violent with each step as they also knew that was ball game. And uh, the only thing he said after about the 12th pelvic thrust was, can, can you please sit down? Please, please sit down. Because <laughs> I think his friends were kind of like, come on, man, you can get a hold of your son here. He's dry humping the bull gator in front of us. I mean, this is out of control. He's accosting our friend Steve. So, yeah, it was uh, – that's where we were. It was it was a great moment. Thanks for bringing it up. It puts a smile on my face thinking about it. It was all time great. I was on cloud nine the whole drive back. Let's Woo! So does that rank better than Rick's to Sam then is the question. Yeah, I think it probably does. I, I'd have to go through all of this, um, you know, throwing, throwing quarterbacks into goalposts at the height of our defensive dominance and treating Miami like children. In a forty-seven and nothing win, that was filled with great plays that I enjoyed there. Uh, you know, I, I think you can go back. Basically, I, we were all so desperate to see it happen in '93. That season was filled with great plays, and then you know it comes to the moment in time where Nebraska's kicking the field goal, and my dad won't watch. And I remember thinking before the attempt. Don't let this kid make this. I don't think my dad will ever come back to a game. Like, this, <laughs> he's been going to games for so long. This has to be the one. Uh, luckily, when it came off his foot, it wasn't remotely close.
And so I didn't have to even wait to see it. I mean, I'm watching. My dad's got his eyes closed, praying to like the football gods. As soon as the ball comes off of his foot, I'm like, he missed it. Sh- oh, I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like your dad in Pasadena, except that was my soul and my brain. I was watching. Yeah. But, but when Rashad caught the ball and he gets horse collar, but that catch and run, like you're like, go, go. And I'm just silent. I'm just watching. <laughs> you're like he's gonna keep running keep running yeah. right right i'm just i'm being very quiet and you're like we're gonna win this game now and i'm like dude oh i grabbed you your shoulder i said it's oh it's over we're winning this game yeah <laughs> yes mm. yes you did yeah was, yeah you were cool. you were you were so mad you're like what are you doing i'm like this game's over they just that's it we got this baby <laughs> you have branded my skin with a new scar if we lose this game sir. oh but you may never out. have forgiven me we would have this would have been the worst story of all time because you would have told it 46 more times since that happened had we not gotten in yeah oh we're winning this game oh baby. it's over it's over yeah i was just i was smiling before they snapped the ball in the next couple of plays I'm like it's over well it's just such a perfect – I mean, when that happens and those two guys basically collide into one another and miss, and he's so fast, I'm like, that's it. Get you some of this. I mean, he's – and, again, how in the world – I guess they got too caught up in it. I don't know. But how do you not see that horse collar? It's <laughs> it's not just a horse collar. Like, it loses its place in horse collar history. Because Florida State won the national championship a few plays later. But if it were rightfully judged for the worst horse collar missed by officials since the horse collar rule was put in place, it's up there amongst the top 10 horse collars missed. It might be number one. Like, I think you can take impartial fans of teams, just people who understand the game of college football, more importantly, the rule of the horse collar what is and what is not a horse collar, and just have them sit in a room and go, like, I don't care where you went to school. I don't care who you root for. I I don't care what your thoughts are on Florida State. We're only judging this based on the merit of the degree in which this is a horse collar. All right, everybody? Now, here's here's example number one, and they show that one. People will get out of their chair and go, good God, man, did somebody arrest that young man? That is as nasty a horse collar as you're ever gonna. Wait, wait, they didn't call it. Like you are, you're dumbfounded. Yeah, that's why uh, my favorite moment after that. It's my favorite moment of the rewatch. I'm like, oh, everybody, look, 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 because when he gets lassoed on the goal line, three, four plays later, Rashad, mm-hmm. and they show the Jimbo replay, and he's already charged up with a severed hamstring. Pull the hamstring, <laughs> and he's going, ow, ow, bull, and then he goes, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, got yeah, it. yeah, okay. yeah. He, he saw the flag. He's yeah, like, okay. He was, I was going to get mad, but now let's call the play. Let's call the play. Yeah, he was like, you, you got to call. Yeah, that happens a lot, too, by the way, in all sports, where a player is assuming the officials did not see this egregious foul. But the flag was already thrown. They just haven't located it. Yeah, that was Jimbo in that moment. I'm like, there's like six flags, Jimbo. They got it. That was, it was they, He was accosted. They got it. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Real talk. More chant TV. I'm trying to formulate. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I if you I want to make I want to I want to go a lot of different directions for my Super Bowl wagers. Like telling the story of the game, Tom. Our buddy Joseph Saint Germain. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about telling the story of the game when he had a feature and we would go through these bets and like, I can tell a story in which San Francisco wins the game. I can tell a story in which Kansas city wins a game. And when I tell both those stories, then I map out how it happens and I, and I make these bets and I'm trying to obviously get the kind of odds that if one of those hits and offsets the other on the other side, cause I may bet both that I end up making my money back and then plus it, obviously. So, like, you, you're trying to find – if you wanted, for example, like, what if you wanted to make an argument? This is kind of a fun thing to do. So if you wanted to make an argument that San Francisco was going to win the game, would you say then that your MVP vote would be for Christian McCaffrey? 
or Debo Samuel? Samuel. I think on offense it has to be McCaffrey. You know, if you're looking for another MVP for San Francisco, I would probably go to defense before I would go another skill player. And maybe after defense for a player or two, it would be yeah, Ayuk or Debo, right? Or, or Kittle? Kittle, maybe Kittle. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know they love to give the MVP, no matter who wins the game, they love to give the MVP to the quarterback. It usually is some weird, like 11 of the last 16, or 12 of the last 16 have gone to a quarterback, which is not always right. It's it's rather frustrating. They just like to give it to the – it's almost like the Heisman these days. They like to give it to a quarterback on the winning team. But if the game were – okay, if, if Kansas City-Baltimore had been the Super Bowl, you could not have given that MVP, I don't think, to Mahomes – you would have given it to Kelsey. 11 catches, 120-something yards, and two touchdowns, wouldn't you? Maybe. I mean, I, how I, the like, hell? <laughs> That's a crazy line. It is a crazy line, but I think they might still give it to Mahomes in that situation. I'm not saying what I would do. I'm saying I, I think the nature of what you're talking about with the Super Bowl, yeah. Now, the difference in this situation is Brock Purdy is, you know, He's Trent Dilfer. He's Brad Johnson. He's, you know, like Super Bowl winning quarterbacks who don't have the profile. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying that the star of that team is Christian McCaffrey. And so I think they're leaning towards the star. Well, so I think if it's close and let's say Purdy threw for 265 and two touchdowns, no picks and McCaffrey ran for 105 yards and a touchdown, they might give it to McCaffrey. I think they might give it to McCaffrey. Right. He may not be afforded the same sort of love right now just because it is early in his career. It is weird that he doesn't in any way get the same sort of credit. Like, his story is not different, not that much different than, say, like Kurt Warner's. People love the hell out of some Kurt Warner. Even early on, they thought it was like the coolest thing ever. They don't do that with Brock. And Kurt Warner was on a loaded team too. Correct. But I'm that's – to be written, though, Kurt yeah. Warner was not Kurt Warner until after that moment. You know, like entering the game, very much the same. I agree with you. Yeah, it's the cool story about bagging groceries. Everybody knew that. Story. Yeah, it's so, all that. Yeah, that, that was cool. But then, you know, after the legend became stronger, even though did he win one more? I don't think he did. Did he? He got there with he Arizona. He got there with Arizona, and it took a Hercule, one of the greatest throws in the history of the Super Bowl, uh, to, to beat him. So he lost to Belichick's defense, and then he lost to the the Steelers. So he got back there twice more. But you know, like Purdy could elevate into this other thing after Sunday. I'm just saying, entering the day, he doesn't have that profile. I think Ty Ty goes to McCaffrey in this weekend situation, whereas the tie goes to Mahomes on the other sideline. So I and playing the story out, if I took, and again, this isn't me picking a winner, but let's say I'm just telling the story of a winning side. I'll do the same with Kansas City to come up with my bets there. But there's a fun bet to toy around with. You can do it on DraftKings. You can do it on the Hard Rock app to a lesser degree. You get more options uh, at a lot of other places and books. But if you did a same game parlay, Tom, and you tell the story of McCaffrey winning the MVP in a San Francisco win, then you have the ability. I, I looked this up. You can do an anytime touchdown for McCaffrey. So one would think that if he's going to win the MVP and they're going to win the game, then you would he would have to score. I mean, you, you know, he can't win the MVP without scoring. So you can do an anytime touchdown bet with McCaffrey. And if he's going to win the MVP, he's going to have to rush for over 89 yards. And that's the over-under on him, 89 and a half. 
So I'm going to go same game parlay over 89 and a half yards rushing, anytime touchdown to McCaffrey. And then if he's going to win it over Purdy or somebody else, then Purdy can't really throw more than two touchdowns because if he does, then he's going to win the MVP. So I'll take Purdy under two touchdowns, McCaffrey over 89 and a half with an anytime touchdown. And you know what that is in a same game parlay? That's a plus 750, baby. Okay. That's a nice little story to tell. That is, man, that is a comprehensive story, too. You've got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Well, this is like. Because I'm gambling this morning on my app. I'm going through in my head. This is how you do it. You, you you say all right well how would it happen well that's how it would happen what are the what are the props what are the odds well okay he's at 89 and a half I'll go over that all right uh anytime touchdown they do that every game of the regular season you can do that anywhere I like anytime touchdown bets I've had success with them this year in player prop bets I went and looked and was like okay there we go I'm gonna go ahead and take a look at uh anytime touchdown what's the total on yards 89 and a half all right, what else needs to happen? Well, somebody else can't go off. Like Kittle can't have 10 catches for a buck 50 or I get screwed. So you're going to have to kind of slow your expectations, ramp your expectations down on a Burt. Uh, besides, actually, if you just think about the way you would call the game, what is it that Kansas City is susceptible to? The run. They struggle. That's what makes the Baltimore game plan, plan asinine in that game. Kansas City has struggled against the run. And so what, you run it five times with your running backs? Five? It's like they – that's the craziest for a coach that has won a Super Bowl and is going to go to the Hall of Fame. How in the hell did that happen? Well, and for an offensive coordinator, that's pretty damn good at his job too. That's Uh, It's crazy. It shows you you can get lost in the moment. You can get completely taken out of whatever it was you had going into a game. Well, the crazy thing is, too, this is the weird part of this playoffs is you can do that in both conferences. You'd be like, man, San Francisco has gotten super lucky to be here. They should have lost to Green Bay, should have lost to Detroit. Yes. Right. And then in this instance, in this game, sometimes when you're panicked, something goes right and it snaps you out of the days, you know, the fog. And when you call a fourth and one run for Lamar Jackson and it's blocked up and it's the thing of beauty, you only go back to it one other time in a design setting. Like, that's yeah. unbelievable to me. It's Lamar Jackson. It's Lamar effing Jackson. What are we doing? Brock Purdy was a more effective runner on Championship Sunday than Lamar Jackson was. That can never happen. Well, it's just that strange. Can- it's just strange. I mean, good for Brock for recognizing in the moment that he can take off and and, yeah. and, and make a play. He needed to, obviously. It's not a knock on Brock. It's a knock on the Ravens. Like, yeah. What the hell are you doing? That, that can't happen. Not with that guy's singular skill set. Like That's a game plan for Lamar Jackson six years from now. Not not today, not on that day. Yeah. The, the thing I'm looking at, the story of the game, it's a very basic one. I'm still fleshing this out. I got a hard time with this total, 47 and a half. Yeah, you're going to go under because you think both teams are going to try to run the ball. I think yeah. I like Pacheco on the other side. So when I make the case, this is you're right, Tom. I can see where you're going. When I start making the case uh, for Kansas City, everybody looks at Mahomes, and that's fine. I get it. He's the best player in the world. But I think they're going to want to run the ball. The 49ers haven't been good at stopping the run. They got gashed. I, I'm running the ball against them, and I'm going to do it with Pacheco. And then I'm going to write out the MVP scenario for Pacheco. And I think, uh, you know, if you're bad at stopping the run, I think you end up getting helped a little bit in the red zone. 
because it's a shorter area. You've got more people around the line of scrimmage. So you're, you're, everything condenses a little bit. I think there are more field goal opportunities. To me, this game has 27-20, 24-21 written all over it. It's 47.5, so you're getting that hook on the other side of 27-20. I think that's where, at best, I think I could easily – I mean, let me ask you. Could you see 24-17 as the final in this game? Or, yeah, or I can see 20 to, like 20 to 17, 24-17. Yeah. yeah, I can. Um, I, I've started to do some scenarios where, where I'm doing exactly that for my bets. I, I, those, that kind of a total. We're on the same page. And at that point, you're correct. Pacheco becomes live for a lot of things. Attempts, yards. You know, yeah, this could be Pacheco versus McCaffrey. And then, on you know. It, it comes down to who's wide receiver, who's best wide receiver has the best numbers. Because if it does play out that way where it's a lower scoring game, you're probably at a wash with Pacheco McCaffrey and then throw in Edwards Alaire on, on Kansas City side to add up to what McCaffrey brings to the table. Then Kittle and Kelsey are, are going to produce similar numbers. Kelsey probably a little better. But then San Francisco has Ayuk or Debo if his leg doesn't fall off on like the second play of the game. So, you know. We say Kelsey probably a little better because the evidence is overwhelming that no matter the stature and the obvious attempt to get him the ball, nobody in the history of football has stopped him from catching at least 10 passes every time he's in a big game. It's insane. A couple of years ago when I was saying to you, he's got 10 at half. This is dumb. The Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. All right, friends, let's talk about Factor, that's right. Two-minute meals, fuel you up fast. Factor's restaurant quality meals at that, ready to heat and eat whenever you are. I use them for my family. I use them every day to eat nutritiously, but also I'm on the go, and I want something calorie smart. There are times where I'll go a week worth of Factors for lunch, and I'll just go vegan or veggie. Other times I go pure keto. I can worry about, you know, whether it's vegetable uh, base or protein based or meat based or whatever it might be, they have the options for you all the way around. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout every time you do it. It's also flexible to your schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron 50. I'm going to save you some money, guys. Do it up. It's delicious. Cameron 50. Use code Cameron 50 to get 50% off. That's code Cameron50 at factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. Trust me, delicious. You'll thank me. A lot of variety. Tasty. Factormeals.com slash Cameron50. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I saw where, uh, I guess I should preface this relatively short segment, Gene Williams, uh, founder, administrator of uh, Warchant.com, our, uh, our boss. Uh, posted, if you're a gold member in the renegade room there, Tom, how many Florida State players will get drafted? And I thought that that segued nicely since we were asked on Tuesday and again yesterday about uh, post-senior bowl and shrine bowl and all that stuff, like who 
shine and who didn't. And I was trying to answer the question because we were joking about it on Tuesday during headlines that in the past I didn't like this exercise. Uh, Gene used to, I mean, we go way back, this is before I worked for Warchin, he'd say, hey, do you want to be part of this? And I'd say, sure. He'd say, how many guys? And they, it got lean there for a while. It got, it got very lean and we'd have to uh, two, two will be drafted, three. And I never liked doing that. You know, there have been years where I was asked to do that and I'd be like, nobody, nobody's going to get drafted off this team. You don't like to type nobody. But this year, of course, we're bullish on Florida State players. So I did some research and I wanted to see what was out there regarding the top, say, 200 players. You know how that you can go, so not how they'll be drafted, but you can go and look at uh, player rankings going into the draft. And we know that, you know, team needs. So, for example, I'll use this as an example. Let's say somebody ranked Marvin Harrison Jr. as a draft prospect higher than that of Caleb Williams. You see my point? You know, that can, that can very well happen, where you can say the value of this player is greater than that in terms of his ranking, like what he brings to the table at wide receiver. He's better at what he does than Caleb Williams is at what he does. We'll rank him higher. You can do that. I mean, that, I'm, I'm using this as a hypothetical. But those lists are usually a good way, no matter where you place the value or what the team needs, to see, okay, how many of your guys are in that top 200? Because if they're in the top, they're getting drafted. And I did it this morning, and I found – I put together like six different – I went to like six different sites where I could find that they had done that. Bucky Brooks did one. I know that. Uh, quite a few across – I think Walter Football did it, a few others. And so, you know, what I came away with, Tom, was that we know obviously in the first round, no matter how you have it ranked, you know, we think Verst and Coleman are going to go in the first round. By the way, Keon now projected by many to fall as far as – 26th. You know who drafts at 26th, Tom Wayne? Hey, hey. Well, I think that's a classic case of people forgot about the first half of the season. He puts up a number at the combine. The conversation's over. He shoots back up into the teens. I think it's that simple for Keon. Big, big combine for him in the next few weeks. I hope that he stays right where he's at and goes 26 to the Bucks, buddy. I'll be all right with that. But either way, so you've got Verse and Keon. And then from there, it got interesting because some people, as we said the other day, kind of see Johnny Wilson as a as a tight end hybrid. Uh, others say, no way, no how. He is a wide receiver. I've seen him fall uh, to the third round. I've seen him fall to the fourth round. And I've seen him go as high as mid-second, mid-second round. So he's getting drafted is my point. Johnny Wilson's getting drafted. I went and looked and saw what Braden Fisk just did for himself. And, man, does he continue to shoot up the boards. He's – I mean, you you go back before those practices even, Tom. That's a guy that was late fourth, early fifth. All of a sudden, you see him high as hell in the mid-second. I just – it's something that I don't understand. I, I don't get that. You know, these guys travel to practices, and if the draft experts don't, then they talk to scouts who do. Mm-hmm. And You're wondering why a couple of practices did that? I mean, Jesus, guys. Yeah. Did you watch the Florida game? Did you watch the Louisville game? First play from scrimmage against Louisville. Yeah. You could have turned it off and said, all right, well, Florida State's winning. But at least the one play you would have seen was Braden Fisk being a badass. Like, uh, but, for the, yeah. but for the purposes of this exercise, there's another guy that's going to get drafted. 
So what? It, so count along with me here. Verst, Coleman, Fisk, Wilson. All right. Now that you're at four, I think is what we've done. Jaheim Bell is going to get drafted. In no mock does he not get drafted. I haven't seen one yet where he isn't drafted and fairly high, like fourth round, third round, something like that. Jaheim Bell is going to get drafted. Now we're up to five. A guy who's done a ton for himself, who I guarantee get drafted. We're just talking about getting drafted now. Jerry and Jones is going to get drafted. That's six. Trey Benson is going to get drafted, period. That's seven. So you're at seven worst-case scenario. You can go to 11 if you start to say, all right, does Jordan Travis get drafted? Does a team decide character, upside, leadership, perseverance, all the things that he did, elusiveness, we'll take a flyer on him in the seventh. Let him get healthy. We don't need him to start. It doesn't matter. But I'd like him on the roster. We can develop him as a practice player early on and see where he goes from there once he's right, once he's healthy. And if it never works out, it never works out. We spend a seventh-round pick on a good kid who I know will be a pro's pro. I think he will get drafted. I think so, too. Now, I would assume he's being invited to the combine considering he finished in the top five of the Heisman voting. So I would think he's invited to go. The medicals would be the key there. Yeah, but he's not going to run or anything. I mean, he's just going to – they're going to – yeah, they'll project, right. But but uh, assuming he goes there, and he could decline it at that point because, you know, you're not going to be able to participate in the physicals. But the interview process and the medicals, like if those two things go well for him, man, uh, the, the film speaks for itself. He absolutely should be drafted, 100%. Yeah, even if you think he's a career backup, which is fine. They Backups exist. There are a lot of sorry-ass backups in that league. Every time the guy goes down and gets hurt in like week six and you're watching for unknown reasons Indianapolis versus Houston, you're like, oh, that dude's still in the league, huh? He was a bum in college. All right, so there you go. That's So you got that. I, I think that's true. Um, so that's where now we're up to seven or eight. And it just takes a couple more guys to get their opportunities. Um, Renardo Green? Oh, yeah. I think he gets drafted. Absolutely. I, I do, too. So now we're at nine. Mm-hmm. You know, it, where if you're trying to pin it, because I'm trying to get the number right. I don't. It, it's Yeah, it's easy for any of us to say, oh, between 8 and 12. I want to know how many. How many guys are going to get drafted? I think I arrive at like 10 at most. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah, 10 or 11. If everything breaks right, like if Akeem Dent has a really good you know workout or, or series of uh, pro days, whatever it is, like the easiest way to look at it for me is there's five on offense, your two receivers, your tight end, your quarterback, and your running back. So there's your five. You move on down the river. Agreed. Now you got your two defensive linemen, Verse and Braden Fist. 100%. Yep. In. All right. Now, uh, I think we both agree that Jerrion's in. We both agree that Renardo's in. So that's nine. You got Fabo, you got Akeem Dent, and you got your two linebackers. So between those four guys, Fabian Lovett, Akeem Dent, Kalen Deloach, and Tatum Bethune, how many go? I think two of those at minimum will go, but two, I think, is a fair guess. Two out of four. Deloach for his speed. He's easily a special teams ace for you immediately. Like Ira brought it up the other night on on Smash, that Geno Hayes. What about the cop for Geno Hayes? And I love that because Geno was taken in the seventh round. Yeah, very, round. very, yeah. Similar builds coming out of college, 6'1", 220, 6'1", 230. Yeah, Shot out of a cannon. Yeah, yeah. I think Deloach 100% gets drafted. Um, and then it's just a matter of Bethune, Akeem Dent, and Fabo. And I think I think pro days do a lot for that. Medicals for Tatum. But yeah, you, I think you're staring at 11. It's probably the number. You're going to go with 11. I think I'm going to go with 10. 
but I like it. I, I, I mean, goodness gracious. Like, we're seeing worst-case scenario nine. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, so you see those graphics at the end of every draft. Who had the most players? We're going to be on that list this year for the first time since, what, 2015, Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. By the way, so I'll come up to the chat. I want to talk about it to start the next hour. Let me set it up here. I don't know how many of you looked at Andrea Adelson's story. Uh, Florida State files motion to dismiss ACC lawsuit. The Florida State Board of Trustees filed a motion yesterday to dismiss the lawsuit the ACC filed against Florida State. And they did so in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina. In the motion, Florida State is arguing the ACC lawsuit is fundamentally flawed and an improper attempt at procedural fencing. They cite uh, basically a race to the courthouse. I'll get into this. Um, I've got some thoughts on this. Spoke to a couple of attorneys. Uh, and I'll give you some of their thoughts here, kind of paraphrase through that and where that where we're at with this. Um, it didn't necessarily warrant an interview today, but I but I was able to kind of piece together some things that I think matter in all of this. Um, if the court, bottom line is, if the court does not dismiss the lawsuit, Florida State has asked the court to issue a stay uh, on the ACC suit in favor of the lawsuit it filed, obviously against the ACC in Leon County. And it argues that the Florida action is the broader and more comprehensive action, and the ACC should not be entitled to any first filing deference as a result of its improper forum shopping. So uh, this is just, you know, as one would expect, uh, jockeying and also a whole lot of ugliness that is getting uglier by the minute, and that's not going to change. This is what happened when people sue one another, and uh, especially when, quote-unquote, that uh, Florida State was left no choice. So... I'll touch on that in hour number two. We'll get to it momentarily. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.